0: Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we continue our discussion on apologetics and we come to the first topic. Where do we start? We start at the beginning with creation. So when we think about creation, how does the Bible say that creation happened? Because when we think about apologetics, remember back to our discussion last week, Our starting point is always the scriptures, because God is the ultimate authority. He is the highest authority over all. And so we start with the scriptures. What does the scriptures say about creation? Well, if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the scripture says God created the heavens and the earth. Why would the world then come up with another idea they call the theory of evolution, which really isn't a scientific theory. It's a misnomer. It doesn't follow the rules of of science for a theory. But besides that, why would they come up with this theory of evolution? Well, because they don't like the fact that God created the heavens and the earth. They, they're trying to find a way that we got here without God. Trying to explain everything around us and everything that you see in creation without being accountable to God. In the first 34 verses in the Bible, that's the whole first chapter and the first three verses of the second chapter, in those 34 verses... God is mentioned by name, without any pronouns, 34 times, almost once per verse. There are some verses that don't have any and there are some that have two, but it comes out to 34 times. I counted them earlier today, 34 times in the first 34 verses that God is mentioned in his work and in his observations creation while he was creating and so what does that tell us well first of all as verse 1 says God created the heavens and the earth he is the creator we cannot match or marry um, any philosophy or thinking that says God didn't create the heavens and the earth without throwing out the scriptures we can't match that with scripture at all because they're completely opposed because very first verse of the very first book says God did it. And so if we're going to accept the scriptures as authoritative, then we have to accept that God created the heavens and the earth. And some have said, well, you know, that it, it's scientifically not provable. Correct. It's scientifically not provable that God created the heavens and the earth. Because in order to prove something scientifically, you have to be able to test it. It's also not scientifically provable that the the earth was created by natural processes over millions and millions or billions and billions of years. That's not scientifically provable either. Although some so-called pseudo-scientists try and say it's a proven fact, evolution is a proven fact, it is not a proven fact. In fact, it is not a provable um, theory at all. So it's surely not proven. What about can, could evolution have happened By the direction of the hand of God. Well, the answer to that is also, no, it couldn't have. And you say, well, why couldn't it? Couldn't God have evolved things throughout creation? And the largest um, thinking along those lines is that God may have used, instead of you know, a day, a day may have been a longer time period than just 24 hours back at the time of creation because God created the very first thing he created light. And so, um, there was no cycle of the earth to say, this is a day and there's 24 hours is some of the arguments. And, um, they point to Peter's writings where he says a thousand year is a thousand years is as the lord as the a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day with the lord and so they point to that and say well maybe it was a thousand years between each of these days there's some problems with that first of all the order of creation does not match at all the supposed order of evolution. If you look at the order of creation and some of the big things are, you don't have the sun, which is required for evolution because that is where they say all of our universe started from the sun. And so you don't have the sun until after the earth was created. You have light, but you don't have the sun. And you don't have the sun, which evolution relies upon heavily for uh, photosynthesis and for other types of things that um, supposedly accelerated their evolution. And so there's, there's a real problem there. Also, you have plants before the sun. Now, if that were one day, that's no big deal. I've had plants in our house that have survived without the sun for over a day and then you put them in the sun and they, they're they doing just fine. But if you do it for a thousand years, if a day is really a thousand years or a million years or whatever your number is, well, that plant is not going to survive. And so that's another problem. We also have um, the problem of the the scripture specifically says after every day and there was evening and there was morning one day or the first day, the second day, the third day. But it always says there was evening and there was morning. Do you know of any day ever in history where there was evening and then morning and it wasn't a normal day? There are very few. One, when the Lord uh, had the sun stand still, but that was still during the day, not in the evening and morning. It's, It's a normal day cycle, and he's speaking in normal terms for normal people to understand the normal thing that this is six normal days that is created and the seventh normal day God rested. In fact, that very purpose... Is spelled out in Exodus chapter 20 when he talks about the Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 20 he says remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy now the Sabbath day was the seventh day of the week in our calendar that would be Saturday and he says six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. So he's saying, you got six days to work. The seventh day, Sabbath, Saturday, in the Jewish economy, was set aside for focusing on God. He gave you six. You can work six. We don't work six anymore either. We tend to work five quite often. Um, but he's saying, you can work six, but give me one. One out of every six. That's the principle he's, he's saying. And why is it? You say, well, what's that got to do with creation? The fact that, that God chose one day out of the week for for focusing on him. Verse 11 tells us why it's one in six. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So he's saying, because God worked six days, you can work six days God rested on the seventh day and blessed it and made it holy so you are to rest on the seventh day and you are to keep it holy and focused on God. And so the whole purpose of the work week being six weeks is because God worked for six, or excuse me, six days, is because God worked for six days. And if you say, well, a day is like a thousand years, well then... Um, how would you like to be one of the ones working 6,000 years? Or how are you even going to have food if you're resting for a 1,000 years? It doesn't make sense. And so even God, when he is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses, says, I worked six days. I did this in six days, not 6,000 years, not 6,000 days, not not 6,000 hours. I did it in six regular days, and so you are to take your six regular days and work. And don't work any more than that because the seventh day is to rest like I rested and to focus on God like I want you to focus on me. And so that purpose is even given in in the law so that we see, yes, God himself did say these are six regular days. So if we're looking at creation, how did God create the world? Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 both give us insight into how he created. One is the the six days of creation. Chapter 2 starts out talking about the seventh day and then goes into some of the special events of creation and defines especially the sixth day in more detail as to what God did on that day. And so we have the account of how did God create the earth? He didn't leave us wondering as to look around and try and figure it out. Although you can look around and see, wow, this is the creation of God. When you look around, nobody ever looks around and says, hmm, this looks like it became by random chance. I don't see any design anywhere. Uh, This just looks like random chaos. Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says that. The the theory of evolution has borne itself out of the necessity people see to somehow describe their existence apart from God. We don't need to take that. When we're talking about defending our faith, all we have to do is go to our faith and and show them, this is what the, the Bible says And this is how we talked about last fall in this podcast, and you can look it up, where we defended creation. Um, Go back to that, because there is a lot of evidence. It isn't just that we're saying, oh, the Bible says it, and we don't see any evidence of it. Of course we see evidence of it. We see evidence of everything that happened in the Bible, um, because it did happen. Because it's true, you're going to see the results of it. And we do see the results of it. So go ahead and go back to that podcast and take a look. But um, I want to take the remainder of our time to look into some really interesting things that we need to know. As I said already, God's name is mentioned 34 times in the first 34 verses. He also says in every day when he's looking at it, that it was good. The sun and the moon and the stars, they were good. The animals are good. Um, And so there's one day, though, that he says something different. There's one day, and that's just for a specific part of the day, that he says, this isn't just good. This is very good. And that is the sixth day. The sixth day itself, the animals and such were good. But when he talks about man, when he created man, When people were created, he says, now that's very good. Why is it? Because when he created the people, verse 26 of Genesis 1, he says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created man in his image. What does it mean to be in God's image? Well, uh, it's, it's more than just we look like him. Although we might, but God, remember God is spirit. So God can look like whatever God wants to look like. But when we think of what does it look like to the, to be in the image of God, we are created like God. We, we are equated, equate, created, excuse me, with intellect, emotion, and will. We are created with a physical part, a metaphysical part or soul and a spiritual part. We're created so much to be like him. Remember, he is three in one. We are also three in one. Um, we are created in his image. Now, what does that tell us? Um, remember, God directly relates to people throughout history. You don't see God directly relating to animals. Don't, God doesn't you know, directly relate revelation to the bugs. Um, or to the fish, or to the whales. Um, God directly relates to people, unless you're talking about a specific instance where God directed a donkey to talk to Balaam, and that is considered a miracle. That is not considered the norm. What does that tell us? That God thinks that people are very special. In fact, he he created treats people very special throughout scripture it's murder punishable by death to kill a person outside of uh war or justice however it's called hunting and getting food if i kill a deer or if i kill an animal and eat it it's called self-protection and if a if a uh If an animal kills a person, it is to be killed. If an animal kills another animal, then you just pay what the animal was for and and how how much it was worth and, and make up the difference. So there is a very special place for people. In fact, God sent his son to die for people not for the dogs and cats and the the donkeys and the and the uh lions but god sent his son to die for people it also shows us that god's creation is accountable to its creator if we go to romans chapter 9 In verse 20, he says, On the countable, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, Why did you make me this like this, will it? Or does not the potter have a right over the clay? To make the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and one for common use. Now there he's talking about how we're all created for different purposes and, and such. But it also stands to reason from the same passage that because we are created by God, God made us people and we are accountable to him. God, as the creator, sets the rules for our lives and the standards for what is right and what is wrong, because he is our creator. We're gonna take this a little bit further next week as we take a look at life. And remember, God created life. If we look back to Genesis chapter one, he breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became a living being. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week as we continue our study on apologetics on Freedom Fridays. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week.